Hello, and welcome to the For With The Sun podcast. Uh, this is a place for everything Mamu, or rather, uh, this is my personal sandbox area <laughs> where I can stand uh, solar, moonbeal, wien, and wasa in peace. And when I say peace, I mean so I don't get got. Uh, my friends are fed up. They are done with me. They have cut me off. Uh, very rude. Uh, and voila, I have a podcast. So I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm thankful that you guys have joined me today for this mess. Um, and let's have some fun. So today, uh, of course, this is kind of a part two. I'm going to focus in on Wasa. Uh, I want to talk about the queen and her I'm a bee uh, or bit. Uh, I got a little bit uh, schooled on the pronunciation there. Uh, but her I'm a bee comeback, a guilty pleasure album that was released on November the 24th. I participated in all of the Comeback Day events, uh, including, you know, they had the uh, fans greeting, you know, the music video dropped, and then it, she was on, like, Studio Moon Night. Uh, and uh, basically, I watched all the great content that has been coming out since then. It was a very short promotion period, but I was loving it all uh, because it was, like, a near constant um, for at least a few days, a uh, constant stream of premium uh, Hwasa content, and my heart was full. You know, it's been really cool to to watch all this stuff in real time because, you know, as a new Moo, I've been watching all these clips from the past, right? Even if it was recent past, it was last year, let's say 2020, um, you know, things, you know, from Maria and her twit comeback, come excuse me. Uh, so, you know, I was glad to discover it, of course, you know, because it's like uh, quality, quality stuff. Um, but at the same time, I was kind of, I've always been in a mode where I've been watching stuff from the past, right? And you know, so it's just been great. I just want to say, just as an aside before I get started, it's just been great to be able to experience all this stuff in real time with other, you know, Moomoo's online um, from all over the world. Um, and it was just fantastical. I, I just really loved it. So before we get into the uh, Wasa Amabi MV, I just want to set the table a little bit and kind of uh, just share kind of uh, what in the hell was going on uh, during that time when Wasa dropped her uh, single album. And, you know, here's a rundown of what was going on uh, in the world that weekend. And if somebody's listening to this in the future, uh, I want to set the scene for you. Uh, so, you know, November 24th, 2021, in the United States, it was a Thanksgiving uh, weekend. So it's basically our, you know, families, friends, you know, Friendsgiving, that kind of stuff uh, happens. We are still in a global pandemic. I mean, hello, if, if someone's out there and you're like, what? I thought it was over. No, it is still going. <laughs> it's basically about to hit a two-year uh, milestone uh, in March, at least for me. Uh, so we're still in a global pandemic. Hello. And uh, also later that weekend, uh, South Africa, uh, who, you know, they have some of the world's best, you know, DNA uh, sequence researchers, uh, they actually announced uh, they were they newly identified a new uh, Omicron uh, variant of the disease. Um, uh, I've been calling it the Omarion variant, but, you know, <laughs> and to the point where I, if they call it the, the official name, I'm like, the what now? No, you mean Omarion? Anyways, um, but I just want to say, you know, we're thankful to South Africa for their transparency um, and also giving the world a heads up. So we've already established, I think it's, you know, they have, it's probably started in Europe and it's, it's, you know, they're getting instances of it across the world. This thing is never going to stop. We're going to be in our houses forever. Um, but I digress. So let's move on. What else is going on uh, that weekend? So also notable that weekend, 
uh, BTS uh, was in LA, so Los Angeles, California, for I think the day one and two of uh, four concerts they had over I think I think two weeks. I tried to get tickets. I mean, I'm not a, a hardcore BTS fan, but I do love I love me some Jimin and V. Those are my two favorites, and I love all the Jimin fan cams. The fan cam for Jimin for Blood, Sweat, and Tears, where he's wearing like the um, uh, uh, it's like a black on gray, um, you know, suit jacket, uh, almost bolero style. I mean, it ugh, beautiful fan cam. Anyways, um, but yeah, they were in LA, and of course, as planned. I mean, they had you know, uh, I think over the two weeks now, now it's all said and done, and they've gone on vacation, but. Um, over the past couple of weeks, you know, I saw all the pics from, you know, people who are getting their lives. So I just want to shout out all the BTS fans. If you were there in person, kudos to you. It looked fun as all get out. Um, and I, yes, I was jealous, but I am, like I said, I'm also not a super fan. So I was able to, uh, even though I didn't get tickets, I thought it was cool. Um, and I was happy for everybody because I, I know it was, I think it was historic. I know I saw, you know, Megan Thee Stallion out there and, and others and, um, it was just, it seemed like a lot of fun. So I hope you had a good time. I hope you had, you know, the times of your lives and all that stuff. Um, also uh, notable was Espa. I know I talked about them in one of the previous episodes. Uh, Espa was the first K-pop group to appear in the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so I knew who they were. I was watching the parade, so I knew who they were. And I was like, oh, there, there they go. It was cool. Also going on that weekend was uh, Kevin Durant, who's a basketball professional basketball player here in the States. Uh, he got exposed for being ashy, uh, and, you know, not in the figurative sense, but in the literal ashy sense, you know, meaning he needs to put on some lotion. Good Lord, sir, please, you know, that there is no, entirely uncalled for all of that ashiness. Oh, it was just crazy. And then all the memes around it, you know, because there was like a dry ass turkey that they put overlaid on top of it. And it was just funny. It's, and somebody was remarking, it's like one of those jokes that if you don't know Twitter, you can't explain even the image. I thought it was hilarious. And then, you know, so there's fun and games, but there was also some sad points that weekend as well. So uh, Stephen Sondheim, uh, he also passed away that weekend. Uh, so I know that's a very big loss for the theater community. Uh, absolute legend uh, that will be missed. Uh, and then also uh, Virgil Abloh uh, passed away, you know, um, at 41. So he was the artistic director for Louis Vuitton, uh, their menswear collection. And that just hit people kind of out of left field. So prayers up and, uh, you know, rest both their souls. What else was going on that weekend? Oh, just two more quick things. So so one, so I talked about Megan Thee Stallion earlier today, but also uh, Megan Thee Stallion, there's like a nice mashup of uh, Megan Thee Stallion uh, her song body, like body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. Uh, but it was, it didn't hit the, the chorus. It was just a verse. Anyways, uh, there was a mix between that and Adele's, um, water under the bridge. So they had, you know, there's like a running joke on Twitter that was talking about, you know, you can't dance at Adele's music. And then, so people started putting clips of how they're doing full on, you know, twerk something in the background of Adele and this particular one was hilarious because it uh while uh, they put Megan's verse over again under the water and the bridge or whatever the song is and it hit like it actually hit and to the point where everybody was like y'all need to you know get together in the studio and make this thing happen 
Um, it just flowed so well. And then it was hilarious because it actually interspersed, you know, these reactions from Adele uh, that were real. But obviously in the context, it was just for the playing up the joke of it. It was hilarious. It's one of my favorite things. So that's also what was going on during the weekend. And then the last thing I just want to mention, which I thought was just very interesting, was George Jetson. So, yes, that George Jetson. Daughter Judy. Jane, his wife. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, the Jetsons, you know, uh, the cartoon character, uh, if you didn't catch it from, you know, my singing, uh, was going to be conceived that weekend. So, you know, George Jetson's parents probably were banging him out uh, during that weekend. Because according to Wikipedia, somebody posted on Twitter, George Jetson uh, was born August 27th, 2022. So if you back out the nine month, you know, incubation period for babies and, you know, before the whole, you know, uh, motherly heave ho uh, that uh, occurs that, you know, pushes out a baby. Uh, then you have uh, the Wassa Comeback Weekend. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, it's the circle of life. And it moves us all. Mm, I don't know the words, so I'll stop. So, uh, anyways, uh, I just want to mention that, and I thought that was interesting. So that was, you know, so dear future listener, if you want to look back on what the hell was going on during uh, Hwasa's comeback, I'm a B comeback, well, actually, guilty pleasure comeback, uh, that's what was going on. And uh, again, prayers up to those we had lost along the way. And then shout out everybody who's getting the times, you know, having the times of their lives, you know, watching concerts and things like that. And as always, you know, shout out to everybody who's just thankful in general, because, again, it was Thanksgiving weekend that weekend. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Hua Lion, um, you know, uh, who we all know and love. Hwasa, yes, she came back and it was awesome. So let's jump into it. Let's start with the music video itself and then just kind of go on to just a few things that I wanted to mention and call out just, uh, you know, things that I, I really, really liked. And there was a lot of things. So, you know, I'm going to filter this down, but it's going to be a long ass episode where I'm just talking about Wahasa. We'll get to everything else in the next episode. Sorry, this is my this is my show. Um, and I'm just still figuring that stuff out. Uh, and I just want to talk about Wahasa for about an hour and a half. Just get it out. OK, let me just let me just do my thing. Excuse my bitch. Of course, I made that uh, a little bit too country, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so she, Hwasa on the day, you know, came out with uh, the I'm a B uh, music video and it's, you know, excuse you, I'm a beat. Uh, so again, you know, that, that and in general, the pronunciation is just odd for me because it's missing a lot of words like you know, it should be, excuse you, I'm a bitch, but you know, it's like, excuse I'm bitch or something. I, I, it's just weird. Um, but again, I, I think it is speaking to the fact that she is kind of that master wordsmith, you know, because she already knows that really you can do anything, uh, you want with English. Uh, you know, the rules are there, but the rules are that there are no rules, uh, because, and I love it when she does, um, just this in general. So like one example is for her don't video, uh, she says, you know, I don't care who you are, don't make me cry. And, uh, uh, but it sounded like cray, like C-R-A-Y. And it's like a play on words around cry. She was trying to say like, please don't make me cry. 
Um, but it sounded like cray. And she's also, it's like that double speak, right? You know, she's saying, don't make me cry, but also don't make me go crazy, you know, over you. I'm not trying to be out here, you know, strung out and looking cray. So, you know, I think she has a very good sense of, you know, you could do whatever you want with English. And I know even since now, because I'm, I'm t- taping this uh, a long time, it's almost like two weeks now after her uh, debut, uh, I saw the uh, kind of they had a behind the scenes where she's like wearing a red shirt. and She's talking to the camera with uh, in uh, Wusong's uh, new studio uh, that has a poster of her in the background. I got that poster in one of my um, albums. Anyway, she does mention that um, uh, or I don't know if it's I think it was that I might be getting them mixed up. But she was talking about, you know, how she was talking to her CEO and actually the play on words actually came from him and. I just thought it was interesting overall. And, and, you know, she did want, she, I think she said at first she wanted it to be, excuse my bitch, like, excuse my bitch. And kind of speaking to like, excuse my bitchiness and my craziness. Um, but they were telling her that it was grammatically incorrect. And I was like, you know, to me, I, I like the way, I mean, I like it as it stands now. Cause obviously that's the final result. But I also, I mean, I feel like it, it sonically, it, it would have worked the way that she wanted it to go. Um, and, you know, again, in English, it doesn't matter, especially for creative uh, outlets like songs and, and art and things like that. You don't have to adhere to, you know, uh, by the book English grammar. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, please. And not even people who speak English can English. So why would we force that on anybody else? But whatever. So um, but I, I so even long story short, even whether who, whoever came up with it, but in the delivery and in the implementation of it, it was outstanding. And, you know, kudos to her. Uh, and just at a high level, I just want to say, you know, I loved everything about this new video. Um, I love the styling. I love the sets. Um, the music was great. Uh, the choreography. I mean, I absolutely lo- 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 loved it. Um, and it was very satisfying. So um, I loved, you know, uh, in particular, I did love that 80s type of vibe. You know, that, that retro kind of synth pop feel uh, to it that... I feel like we've been hearing a little bit lately. It was uh, uh, all over 2020, I think. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, twice as uh, I Can't Stop Me, Can't Stop Me, Can't Stop Me. And I, I know all the uh, choreo to that because it's just so cute. Um, so I think that's a good example. Um, and then, and I think Wass is doing the same thing, you know, and it sounds, but even though she's doing kind of the same 80s type of style or vibe, uh, it sounded fresh. And uh, the chorus and the pre-chorus were very addictive. That whole, ah, ah, ooh. Anyways, I'm gonna. Uh, I one day I will stop singing to y'all, but that day uh, may never come. So just you know, deal. Anyways, but just bottom line, I thought this song was catchy as hell, and I absolutely loved it. Okay, so let's talk about metrics. Uh, I think I'm gonna just focus in on YouTube views. Uh, and just, you know, round numbers here, uh, just to give you a rough idea. Um, if you want to follow metrics for Wasa, I recommend following Wasa Charts on Twitter. So, w, I mean, excuse me, H-W-A-S-A-C-H-A-R-T-S. So again, Wasa Charts on Twitter. Uh, the, to me, they're kind of the go-to place for all the data and analytics uh, as to how our girl is doing. And uh, they have the YouTube views. They also have Spotify plays, iTunes charting, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And another Twitter account that I recommend is Korean Sales underscore TWT. So again, Korean Sales underscore TWT. Uh, they're good too. So uh, all the metrics that I'm about to share, they come from uh, those two accounts. Just want to say thank you to those accounts. I appreciate y'all. Um, 
Okay, so for the YouTube views, um, here are the rough numbers. Again, it's not exact, um, and I'm not going to go all the way into every digit or anything, but just get a rough approximation of like how she did in terms of YouTube views for I'm a biatch. So again, via Hwasa charts, the YouTube views. So day one, she had roughly 2.6 million. Uh, day two, uh, it went up to 4.1 million, which is an increase of 1.5 million. And then from there, so days two, three, four, she basically had about 1.3 million each day. And then uh, it spiked on day five, it was 1.6 million. I think, I forget what actually happened on that day, but, uh, uh, excuse me, 1.69 million on that day. So round total of the first seven days, she was about roughly 9 million uh, YouTube views, which I thought was good. And then, in the, so again, first week, 9 million. And then I uh, just kind of, uh, I stopped counting and or looking, per se, uh, around day 10. Uh, she finally crossed the 10 million mark. So that was a nice little accomplishment. Of those 10 million, I think I was, I think I can, with confidence, say that I account for about 47 of them. <laughs> uh, I've watched that video a lot since it's come out. And um, really enjoyed it. So in terms of the charts, so here's how Hwasa's songs charted on iTunes. The uh, Bless You uh, track debuted at number 45 on iTunes song chart on the 24th. Uh, I'm a B uh, came in at number 12. And FOMO debuted at number 7 on the iTunes uh, worldwide song chart. So again, uh, FOMO debuted at 7. Uh, I'm a B debuted at number 12. Bless You debuted at 45. And just for context, so BTS and that Coldplay song, um, and again, I mentioned BTS earlier uh, in L.A., you know, having a good time. Uh, so that song has been out, you know, the song that they have with Coldplay has been out for a few weeks, and they are sitting at number six. Um, and then uh, BTS's Butter is still charting uh, number 24 on the worldwide iTunes chart at the time that uh, Hwasa's uh, songs debuted on that chart as well. So just to give some context. And then um, f folks were wondering why uh, FOMO charted higher than I'm a B, because uh, I'm a B is obviously the lead single off of the single album. Um, and I think the working theory there is because it's the song FOMO is in English and, you know, probably had more access accessibility uh, in the global community overall. Uh, I'm inclined to agree, um, however, I still think, you know, I'm going to be as amazing. Some other notables, so on the European iTunes chart, FOMO debuted at number 13, and I'm going to be debuted at number 58. And then on the U.S. iTunes chart, FOMO debuted at 52, and I'm going to be debuted at 93. So actually, it's not bad. She hit the top 100 with I'm going to be in iTunes, U.S. iTunes chart. And in terms of the big B... And by Big B, I mean Billboard. Uh, keep your minds in order there. Um, so, uh, Hwasa, according again, according to the Wasa charts, uh, the Billboard World Digital Song Sales, uh, I'm a B debuted at number 7, and Bless You came in new at number 10. Uh, so, according to Hwasa charts, uh, this represents Hwasa's third and fourth highest peak uh, on the chart. Uh, so, again, Billboard World Digital Song Sales, uh, I'm a B is her third highest peaking song, uh, which came in at number seven. And then her fourth highest uh, peaking song, Bless You, came in at number 10. And she also becomes the first 
Korean female artists simultaneously de- debut two songs in the top 10 in 2021. So it's almost, you know, there's a lot of uh, qualifiers on that. But it's, you know, we are proud of Wasa nonetheless. And then according to Mamamoo Charts on Twitter, so uh, at user Mamamoo Charts, all one word, uh, so Hwasa's I'm a B and Bless You, again, it debuted at number 7 and number 10, respectively, on the Billboard World Digital Song Sales, giving her a total of four top 10 hits on this chart. So uh, uh, Twit peaked at number 3, and Maria uh, peaked at number 6 on this chart. So it's really cool. And just to keep going, so... Also, according to some more some more metrics, because I, I, I like numbers, so sorry for inundating you with numbers, but I like them. So according to Atwasa Global, so H-W-A-S-A-G-L-O-B-A-L, um, again, they're tracking the Billboard World Digital Song Sales. So Atwasa's highest peak on a chart, in terms of she's had seven songs in total ever you know debut on the chart and stay on the chart. So here are the highest peaks. So again, Twit made it the highest on this chart uh, with number three, followed by Maria at number six. That was the highest it, it, it charted. And again, this is a Billboard World Digital Song Sales. I'm a B, uh, the highest uh, at the time that I looked at these was uh, number seven. And that was the, the debut again. Um, I, I didn't circle back to look after the debut where it may have risen or, or floated down, but this is just as of, as of the debut... Uh, number seven uh, was uh, the highest, so that was I'm a B. Um, Bless You is peaking, in, in, again, in terms of a debut at number 10. Then there's a song that I've never heard of before, so I actually have some more homework to do and some more things to discover. But there's a song called Q, just the letter Q. And it has, uh, on this chart, and historically it had gotten up to as high as number 12 on the ranking. And then uh, there's two more, just f- kind of... Uh, f- fill out these seven songs that she has total on this chart in the past. Uh, Orbit, uh, which is an outstanding, I think, OST, uh, it, uh, original soundtrack song. So it's a song from a, from a uh, TV show, I believe. Um, so Orbit, it had tracked on this chart, and it had ra- risen as high as number 16. And then just to round it out, Hula Hoops where she comes in like an angel, love, I mean, that whole song, I mean, song is cute, cute and everything, but when Wasa comes in on hula hoops, like, oh my gosh, it's so good. So that song, the highest peak, um, as of the time that I looked at this, uh, was 21, number 21 on the Billboard World Digital Song Sales. So good for her. So yay, go Wasa! Bow, bow, bow. Uh, charting queen, yes, and you know, as always, I'm very proud of Anhe Jin. Love it. Okay, and we now know so the the director, and and actually, I had looked it up before she mentioned it, but we know the director is uh, Byom Jin, so B E O M J I N, and uh, AKA uh, Paranoid Paradigm. Uh, it was just part of the VM project. So uh, the director is Paranoid Paradigm. The executive producer was VM Project Architecture. That's the, kind of the full uh, name. On Instagram, um, it's Paranoid Paradigm. So, you know, just spell it all out, one word. Very long uh, profile name. Paranoid Paradigm. 
and also uh, the VM Project Architecture, which is basically the the creative. They call themselves a creative video creation group based in Seoul. Uh, they're on Instagram, VM, so Victor Mary, so VM underscore project. Um, and I think it was really cute. So in their website is VM, so Victor Mary project at dot org. And um, I was looking through their kind of um, past work. So notable past videos included, they did Blackpink's Whistle. Um, make it whistle like a missile. Bomb, bomb. And where they're like, um, that scene where Rosé is like sitting on the world and she, you know, there's this hair, the head movement, uh, head hair, handhold thing going on. And it kind of dips into it and it has like an interesting um, uh, look to it. Anyways, so they did that whistle. They also did G Idol, uh, or H-W-A-A. It's basically, I remember that video. That, I mean, many looked amazing in that video. And then... Uh, the blue dress that Soyeon wears, like, Jesus. And then that was where you saw um, uh, Oogie. I think that's how you say her name. She had the short haircut for the first time, I think, in that video. And there is, like, icing glass. And, I mean, that was a very well-made video. So this VM project, and again, uh, they, they are uh, behind that video. They also did Juas's Maria. Outstanding, classic video. And then uh, Red Velvet's Dum Dum as well. So, you know, definitely, so bringing it back to I am a B, or I'm a B, excuse me, um, you know, I definitely would love the way the video was shot. So, I mean, everything looks expensive, and it seemed to have a lot of budget. Uh, each scene was giving something cool and fierce, and I mean, it just really, really looked good. Um, every scene was my favorite scene, but I really liked the, the red-orange kind of full bodysuit scene in the darkness, um, not the gratuitous ass shot, <laughs> although that was awesome. But, uh, the, uh, the one where she's, uh, you know, she, there's just that band of light, um, on her face and she's holding the flowers. And that's also the one where she's kind of looking down on herself, uh, you know, kind of through a shards of a box or something, almost in like a taunting fashion. Um, I liked the way that was shot and, I thought that band of light was beautiful on her face, and it was it was kind of like a portrait. And during my first watch of the video, it was that actually that exact scene that allowed me to kind of settle in. You know how you're watching something, you're so excited, but there's like a scene comes along, you're like, oh, this is what it is. And uh, that, to me, really allowed me to settle down, really soak it in, and, and really kind of know what was going on with the visuals and what she was trying to say. Um... So I, I really like that shot. And it's just, just her with that power red uh, lipstick and then, again, the bodysuit and then her talking to herself. Uh, it was just really good. I mean, just very poetic almost scene. It was just really good. And then, of course, the, the dance break scene uh, was amazingly shot as well. Uh, I forget where I saw it, but saw it, but uh, Hwasa, you know, kind of repelled from the ceiling uh, to get that, you know, red rope type of shot. Uh, and it was so dynamic and, and beautifully done as well. So, again, shout out to the director, Paranoid Paradigm. You did that. Musical interlude. This is a musical interlude. We're going to go to the next segment. <laughs> Somebody take this mic away from me. Now, let's circle back uh, to the I'm a Bee music video because I want to touch on a few things that especially resonated with me and things that I just liked overall. Um, uh, there's so much I want to say here, but I'll try to be brief, uh, but you know how this is going to go. 
So um, I think the best place to start is with Huas's comments themselves on the song uh, and the music video, uh, you know, from her mouth, her words. Um, and, and I just want to say, you know, every interview that she does, I feel like I get more or we, you know, get more insight into her vision uh, for the song and just the, the comeback in general. And uh, there are three events um, actually, excuse me, there's probably only two. There are two events um, that I wanted to draw from and kind of make my, my points here, uh, which include, there was number one was the blank talk interview that she did, and number two was the, the reporting by the Korea Herald uh, from the press conference that um, was held on the comeback day, and it was basically held before the fans' greeting. So the comments uh, that Hwasa made during these events were very, very clarifying and very helpful. Um, and I think it allowed us to, you know, really understand everything um, when it comes to her motivation and uh, basically the, the driving force behind her art. Um, you know, and again, it's from her own words. Uh, she tells us exactly uh, what I'm a B, uh, the, the, the lead song, and also, you know, the, the Guilty Pleasure album itself you know, she, she basically tells us what it means to her. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, quick caveat though, because I still think that there's room for, you know, this art that she has produced, uh, to have a personal meaning to you, uh, to me and, and also everybody, you know, who encounters it, you know, so on and so forth. So even though we're going to hear, we're going to deep dive into her words and how she approaches it. Um, I still think, um, you know, it, it kind of speaks to that literal meaning of art in that, well, at least in my opinion, in that, you know, it, it is different to different people. So, you know, if you've listened to the song and you've connected with it and you have your own takeaways, you know, keep those takeaways. I mean, there's nothing that says that that's wrong because, again, it's you interfacing with that art. But, you know, um, you know, in these events, again, the Blank Talk interview, the press conference that she had, um, you know, she kind of lays it all out and, uh, to the point where I don't think there's, you know, nothing, there's nothing really more to wonder about anymore, um, overall. Uh, so, I mean, we'll get there, but, you know, let me just set the table first, um, by introducing each of these events and then kind of circle them back to, to tie it all together, uh, and put a bow on it in terms of my own commentary overall. So starting with her comments, so Hwasa's comments on Blank Talk, uh, I think it was episode nine of the segment on, uh, their YouTube channel. And I thought it was really good. So uh, this is basically mm, it's basically a, a seven-minute interview uh, where she, it, I mean, it looks like it was filmed on the same day where she broke Instagram because she posted herself in her white lace bra. <laughs> um, so basically, you know, uh, on Instagram, she, she was wearing like a blue collared shirt and it was like unbuttoned down to her navel <laughs> and just, just open. And she was wearing a white lace bra underneath. And, uh, then, you know, she had on a set of, you know, white sweatpants or whatever. And somehow, some way, this girl still looked very well put together and like she did it on purpose. Right. Uh, instead of, you know, looking like a slob, like us commoners. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, that white lace bra was a moment. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's just, she looks so sexy for just no damn reason. And which is why, you know what, this is why I stand, you know, good for her and, and, and bravo or brava, uh, so to speak. So, and, you know, real talk, I think Hwasa, she kind of dresses like a stripper. <laughs> uh, and I mean that in the most 
with the utmost respect, uh, and um, and uh, really as the ultimate compliment to her, uh, she's just so free uh, in her own skin, right? Uh, and, and, well, at least it comes across that way, right? So, and I think it's it's actually something that you know I think we're all seeking to achieve, like that that high high level of confidence uh, that has nothing to do with you know such trivialities as as clothing, right? <laughs> For her, uh, I think clothing is an afterthought. Um, and like, like real talk, like on any given day, I feel like she just wakes up uh, and she could just take it or leave it. You know, she's just like, you know what, clothing, Ugh, I guess. Um, and I'm pretty sure uh, if it was up to Hwasa, she would probably walk around bucket naked uh, and uh, wonder what's wrong with you. So... <laughs> I just, like I said, it's just a high, 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 high level of confidence and comfort in her own skin. Uh, and I think it's just, you know, it's just freaking cool. Anyways, uh, where was I? Oh, so yes, the blank talk interview. <laughs> so uh, in this interview, uh, Wasa, you know, and her white lace bra, uh, let's, let's actually give it a name. Um, let's call it Otis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the white lace bra, I've just now named it Otis. So Hwasa and Otis are sitting on a blue velvet sofa, and which I think is really an act of bravery because um, there's no way in hell I'm going to, you know, sit down on anything blue and felty uh, using, you know, while I'm sitting in white pants. There's just no way. I'll just have to, like, stand uh, next to the couch or, like, adjacent to the couch and then still hope that they catch all my angles because I'm not sitting down on that thing. Um, but, uh, you know, the blue velvet looking sofa, uh, is sitting, you know, kind of solitary against like a, a blank white, uh, backdrop. Oh, Hey, Hey, I know what they did there. Uh, get it, you know, blank backdrop, blank talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. Um, so she has a tablet, uh, where she reads questions and then answers them. So, you know, yada, yada. All right. So, uh, one of the questions is this. Was this comeback planned as a sequel to the story of Maria since a year ago? And here's Hwasa's answer. Uh, when I thought I should look back on my feelings, I came up with I'm a bee. Uh, as I kept making the song and kept thinking as I made it, the story of Maria and this uh, connected in a way. Uh, that's why I connected the storyline with Maria MV. As I contemplated between good and evil, you know, should I choose death? Should I choose to continue living? And then she goes on to say, uh, that's the story. In Maria Envy, the video starts off by Maria dead in a bathtub. That's how Maria looks when she chooses evil. In the ending scene, members of Mama Moo visit her, her house, and the video ends. So Wasa continues by saying, this time is about what happens to Maria when she chooses evil. In Amabi MV, Maria dies and she is poured out with the water that was in the bathtub. She has entered another realm. It's a realm of what if Maria chose evil? End quote. Okay, so that's very cool. So, you know, we talked in the, the previous episode about the Hwasa cinematic universe and how everything connects. Uh, we also talked about how it's a, an introspective kind of psychological journey that she's taken, bringing us, the audience, in with her, into her thoughts and into her mind. 
Um, and we saw it visually uh, in the teaser, and now we have confirmed it here from Wasa herself in her comments uh, with Blank Talk. So she's basically saying, you know, this I'm a Bee music video is a, an exploration of Maria choosing evil, or rather death. Uh, the, the literal aspect of it, uh, by having Maria die in the bathtub, in the Maria music video, and then, uh, you know, it start to start this music video with her getting poured out of a shipping box, like literally getting delivered <laughs> uh, to another realm, right? And that new realm is the realm of what if Maria chose evil? Nice. So, uh, you know, and, and if that wasn't clear, she then walks to a door and we see, and we, the audience, you know, we pass a threshold with her into this new realm as well, uh, into the darkness and the light that is her inner psyche. Uh, so it's just, I mean, again, it's just great storytelling overall. Okay, so in that same interview with Blank Talk, they asked a second question. And one of the questions was, uh, what inspired you to make this album? So here's Swass's answer. She says, I was inspired very much by the movie Train Spotting. Uh, these adolescents are addicted to drugs, and the movie features their story in a stylish way. The main characters in the movie are addicted to drugs. But for me, that drug is music. So addicted to music and feels like going insane. I was able to relate to so many things in that movie. Uh, and then she does like a play on words on the song title, like, I'm a bee, she changes it to say, you know, I'm a drug, <laughs> after the answer. So I think this is important and really very, very cool in terms of clarity about her motivation and her process. So, you know, which, um, you know, low-key, you know, starts with Netflix. <laughs> um, so if you follow us, uh, you know that this girl is a Netflix queen. I mean, she's always watching Netflix and, and consuming a lot of Western culture and films. Uh, she watches everything. Uh, even on I Live Alone, I think there was an episode, one of her first episodes, I think, um, you know, you could see her hitting play on Beyonce's Homecoming, which was out on Netflix. And <laughs> which, you know, by the way, I need to see all of that behind the scenes footage of her reacting to Beyonce's Homecoming. Like, oh my gosh, uh, can you imagine... Um, uh, just real-time commentary on Beyonce from Hwasa. I mean, I feel like it would be amazing. And when when Hwasa and I actually meet one day and we actually do hang out, that's one of the first things we're going to do. Uh, we're going to hit play on that, and I just want to hear what she wants to say about that. Anyways, um, and, I mean, I, I've watched it so much, and I've listened to the, the soundtrack to that so much. I mean, I just love the remixes. That, I mean, Beyonce, she's like a master uh, entertainer. And the re nobody can remix her songs better than her, um, she herself. And like I've memorized that soundtrack, like to the point where now I go back to the original albums, and you know the the next song it throws me off because I kn I know the homecoming version of all the songs now. But whatever. Anyways, that was a side note. Okay, so but back to Wasa. So uh, I think it's just really cool to see that you know while she's vegging out, <laughs> you know uh, like us all, right? While she's vegging out and watching Netflix, you know, she's actually getting inspiration about how, you know, to, to snatch our collective wigs. Um, and uh, in this case, she was watching uh, the movie Train Spotting. Um, and by the way, I've, I've never seen it, but I've, I've definitely heard about it uh, vaguely. Uh, I spent about 20 seconds on Wikipedia before I started um, 
recording this. And I learned that it is a British film uh, that came out in 1996 and features the life and times of heroin addicts. And I'm certain it's a lovely film, um, but, you know, not for me. So no shade, but, it, you know, it looks like a Gen X, you know, stoner, grungy film where, you know, everybody needs to take a bath. Um, but again, it's not my bag, uh, but I'm sure it's it's wonderful. It was critically acclaimed. Uh, kudos to the cast and crew, you know, for having a wonderful movie, but also being part of the inspiration for Hwasa sitting in South Korea in, in 2021. So, um, I think it's just really, but just overall, I do think it's really cool to see Watsa vocalize just how she views her relationship to music. Uh, she says that music is a drug for her. Uh, so she's, she's so addicted. It feels like she's going insane. Uh, and I think stylistically, you know, with a head nod to train spotting, she shows that insanity in this music video. Uh, so again, uh, that was one event, so the Blank Talk, and then we mentioned a few things there, but I wanted to just also mention the, the press conference event and some of the Wasa's remarks in that um, press conference for the album. So uh, just as FYI, so on comeback day, they actually held an online uh, press conference before the fans greeting uh, event. So side note, um, this was a lessons learned for me because... You know, obviously this was my first comeback for, solo comeback for Wasa, and I had no idea about the press event and, or, or whether, you know, was it, a, was, was there an opportunity for fans to even watch? Like, could I have bought tickets to it? Because, you know, if I had, if I had known about it, I would be there. I would have been, who needs sleep, right? I would have been there and watching and getting my whole life. So a little bit of a missed opportunity for me. Um, I would have loved to have also experienced that uh, in real time. But anyways... According to the Korea Herald, uh, as they reported out after the conference, uh, they cited Twasa saying this. I think I went through a wave of emotions and downs musically since I released my last solo album. I realized that I tend to push the envelope too much to the point where I'm mistreating myself in order to attain what I want. And I get joy by doing this, Twasa said. So I'm going to repeat that because it's so important. She says, I realize that I tend to push the envelope too much to the point where I'm mistreating myself in order to detain what I want. And I get joy by doing this. So, and then editorially, the Korea Herald, they go on to say this about Wasa. They say, this is her guilty pleasure, pushing herself beyond her limits. Just woe and wow, right? Uh, I absolutely love that. And I appreciate that Wasa is so forthcoming in describing her method and being vulnerable and exposing the fact that, you know what, your girl is kind of fucked up in the head <laughs> when it comes to music. Like, uh, it's her addiction and it's all she thinks about. And uh, in this, um, you know, these comments uh, from Blank Talk, but also um, from, you know, uh, the press comments, she's basically saying that music is her drug, is a drug for her. Uh, and her cre creative process... It's like taking a walk through a mental asylum uh, where her thoughts are literally all over the place. Uh, she pushes herself to the edge and then pushes herself to a new edge after that. And, and again and again, and it's just not healthy. Uh, it, it's, it ain't right. <laughs> it's twisted. It's, it's ravaging. It's, it's like a funhouse mirror of an experience that she literally gets off on and uh, low-key gets joy by putting herself through that emotional ringer. So that pain and emotional turmoil of the creative process is, is infinite and never-ending for her. 
It just keeps going. Uh, so there's a scene in the music video where she's wearing that yellow leopard print and she's like walking through the, the faux uh, convenience store aisle kind of filled with water bottles with green caps. Uh, in my mind, uh, that's a scene showing her relationship to the music and specifically this album that we're watching or the, the MV that we're watching. Uh, I'm sure of it now because, you know, and, and I'm sure that it's on purpose to signify that even with this Guilty Pleasure album, uh, which she has, you know, which basically does have that color green as the symbol. She drove herself crazy to the point of being apeshit, apeshit crazy. <laughs> so, you know, do you know how important water is, right? Uh, it's that life-sustaining, you know, magic elixir of life. Uh, I mean, isn't like, what, 70, 80, 90% of the body composed of water? Uh, isn't like 70, 80, 90% of the, the whole, whole ass of earth? <laughs> uh, covered in water. Uh, I don't know for sure. Sorry, ecologists out there. Um, but, uh, the point that I'm trying to make is, uh, that Hwasa, you know, music may as well be water, right? It's so important to her. It's, it's, it's essential and it's, it's the source. Um, but the relationship ain't right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's masochistic. Um, in this scene where the water bottles with the green caps, you know, she's trying to drink it. Uh, but the, the shit ain't flowing, right? Uh, she's literally like, ah, give it to me. Uh, not flowing. And, you know, throws that shit out. And then she grabs another one like, ah, you know, music, feed me. Ah, and then, you know, it's not flowing. And then she goes on the next one. And she's like, music, ah, get in my belly, right? <laughs> feed me. Um, and nothing doing. So she tosses that shit around too onto the floor. And, and she's like, ah. So, you know, like, and it's like, Real talk, it's a fucking mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. And there's water everywhere. And this, and music is everywhere, right? Uh, that life-sustaining force for her is a total mess, right? And what's more, she's never satisfied. She always needs more. Always pushing herself to the brink of insanity because the music is so important to her. And she gets off on it. This is crazy. So Wasa, girl, you know what, like for real, you know, we get it now. Uh, we know how deep this is for you and that shit ain't a game. Uh, this is her pr guilty pleasure. It's basically saying, pushing herself beyond her limits for the sake of music. Right. And I just want to say, you know what? Brava, uh, soul clap, uh, high five, what have you just brava because the music is amazing. And thank you, Wasa, for bringing us with you. Uh, like, what a journey. Like, she's, whew. Musical interlude. This is a musical interlude. Musical interlude. Musical interlude. A musical interlude. A musical interlude. Musical interlude. The next thing I want to talk about is the choreography. Uh, so I loved all the choreography. Uh, so, you know, give me all the hip thrusts and attitude just injected into my veins. Um, so the music video was choreographed by One Million Dance Studio, which is one of the premier dance studios in South Korea and owned by the badass herself, uh, Leah Kim. Yes, it's based in Korea, uh, but Leah Kim's reach is actually worldwide. So when you think of, you know, the best choreographers, or when I think of the best choreographers throughout the world, and I'm talking, you know, Paris Goebel uh, and uh, Royal Family, you know, down in New Zealand, 
you know, that kind of level of esteem, um, Leah Kim is right up there and, uh, she's been there for a minute. Uh, so she, her, the list of choreographies that she's done is very long. Uh, but I just looked at a list and I picked out a few that I liked or that I recognized cause I don't recognize everything. Uh, so she did twice, uh, feel special as well as TT, that classic iconic song TT with the iconic dance move that goes with it that they're still doing today. Uh, and then she also did, you know, Sun Me's Gashina, uh, you know, I think with the gun choreo. Anyways, uh, and as far as Mama Moo, uh, Leah Kim has uh, choreographed Hip, which is iconic. Uh, Aya, which is iconic. <laughs> uh, Dinga, which is iconic. And, and hopefully you see a trend here. And then most recently she did Mama Mama Much uh, video. Uh, which I think is iconic, but it's still, it's a new classic. Anyway, so, uh, and as far as, so that was Mama Moo, but particularly for, for Wasa, uh, Leah Kim has choreographed, she's the one that choreographed Maria. And, um, I definitely know that. Uh, and I look, I had to look it up, uh, and I found out that she did not do Twit. It was somebody else. I wonder if it was somebody else, but within her dance troupe, but I doubt it because it would have, it would have showed up, but um, anyway, so Hwasa's I'm a B uh, music video was choreographed by Leah Kim, Dobbin, and H1 from One Million Dance Studio, and I absolutely loved it. So next I'm going to basically walk you through my top five dance moves, because yes, you care. So number one on my list, this is basically my favorite move that comes from the dance video, um, or the music video, or either one. Uh, so basically, to me, the number one move, and it's very, it's very subtle, but it's so good. Uh, so it's in the beginning when she's doing the floor work uh, still, and she's still bathed in the, the gold lighting at the beginning. And basically, she raises up on her knees um, at about the 58 second mark. Uh, and she basically sits up straight, and then she turns her back to us, and then she raises her clasped uh, hands while saying, you know, bless you, God, bless you, bro, sister, da, 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 da. Um, and it's just, it's such a small uh, dance move, but it's my favorite. I, out of everything, and again, I love everything, this was my favorite move. Like, I just like that scene. I've, I've rewound it a few million times, and I just like, I mean, I don't know what it, I mean, maybe it's just her posture. I don't know. But it's just something about that. It's just, and, and I like the lead up to that move. Like she does, you know, it's the floor work. She's doing the extension of her leg and then, uh, you know, doing some like leg kicks and stuff. And then she's like spins around and then she's up on her knees. And then again, bless you, God, bless you, bro. Da, 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 da. Like I love that little, very subtle move, but it was just so good. And again, it speaks to Leah Kim because it's like a little bit of an accent move. And it's almost like a throwaway, but it's, it's to me, it's, it's very accentuated. I love it. Love it. Love it. So that's number one for me. And I know of everything. You're like, why that one? Look, you have your top five. I have my top five. This was my number one. Okay. Just, just accept it. Okay. So number two on my list. What do I have on my list here? Okay. So number two was the part in the choreography where one of her dancers like grabs her wrist and then she drops it low and then she picks it back up. <laughs> um, so y'all know what I'm talking about. So it's basically in, and it doesn't show up on the music video itself. You have to watch one of the performance videos so in, if you're watching a performance video, it's roughly a minute and 20 seconds in, 
And again, it's like one of her dancers grabs her wrist, she drops it low, and then she picks it back up, but she's like kind of slow whining her body and it looks like a human twizzler. Um, you know, or like a go-go dancer, even it's like a go-go move and real talk. I actually, when I saw that move, I was like, wow, you know what? They could have actually gone into like a hyper-realistic, just kind of go-go, you know, fantastical, you know, adventure where she's going through like maybe different eras and times and different cultures and just totally go, go-go do like that, that 50 surfer, <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, kitsch as well. Like she could, they could have gotten, uh, so, because again, it's, it's supposed to show, I think the, the music video is supposed to show the, the uh, maniacal or like the, the zaniness of things, but it could have, instead of being dark and serious, and, and not not that it's serious and dark, but, well, it is, but um, instead of being like stylish, it could have been kitschy. And even kitschy could have worked, I think, too. But back to the music video. So, um love that that move and I when I watch the performance videos I love that move and honestly now that I'm talking about it it might even be like a 1a 1b because I loved it it was just so uh it's just so cute <laughs> but it's so different and I liked it all right number three um but really like I said this, these are all just you know I'm just saying numbers but they're all like at the top it's it's like number 3 and it's in a horizontal plane uh they're all on the same level to me um but of course uh i loved so after the dance break when wasa comes back in and she's uh, uh you know draped in the 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 pink color hue and uh does that sexy ass you know slow mo um uh squat move i don't know how to <laughs> i mean the way i'm explaining it is not sexy but it's basically a squat right where she's like kind of goes down you know into like a deep <laughs> squat <laughs> but it's sexy and uh she's standing in the center it's cuz she is center and uh in front of her dancers and uh she's staring at us and she's singing the, you know, ah, woo. Um, I mean, okay, what I just did sounded like um, the beginning of Hakuna Matata or something. But, she, you know, that, ah, y'all know the part. So, and then the choreo hits again. And then she raises her uh, arms up behind her, like her hands behind her head. And she has her elbows out. And then it's just like, you know, ha, cha, cha. Like, it's just like, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so like I said, so after the dance break, when the music comes back in, just phenomenal. Okay. So those are my top three. And again, it may not be the, the, what you would have thought as being a top three, but those are my top three, because when I'm watching the music video or the performance videos, those are the scenes that I kind of run it back. And I just, I think they're just cute moments. And I actually have honorable mentions. (laughs) I'm just so fancy. So honorable mention number one is going to be the, of course, the gratuitous ass shot. I mean, hello. Um, in the music video. So when she's wearing that red, orange, and it's more red than orange, uh, full bodysuit, and, you know, she just puts her, you know, face down, ass up. <laughs> I mean, that is the description. Y'all saw it. It's, that's about what happened. So, you know, I, I, I say I have no lies. So, and it's just so good. And, and yes, it's totally uncalled for. Um, uh, but for me, it was a hell yes. Uh, and it was a, not even that it was like a, yes, it was a, it was a, a maja. <laughs> it was a, a day. Uh, it was a hui, like as in yes in French, hui. Uh, it was a si and it was a vraiment, and, you know, like truly. Yes. Uh, it was great. So love that. That was honorable mention. Number one, 
if we can call that choreo, and yes, we are calling that choreo. Uh, and then uh, honorable mention number two would be, you know, um, when she ends the performances, so the performance videos, um, and she ends it, and she does that kind of two-handed hair flick uh, at the end. Um, I know that she's going, you know, what she's going for is like sassiness and vibes, um, and she definitely achieves it, but I just think it's just super cute. <laughs> like when she does the hand flick, it's just so cute. Um, and it's just like, oh, you know, to, for her and her dancers, like they just finish. Oh, like I get that kind of feeling. And I'm like in the first row with like my camcorder saying, you know, that's my baby. You know, it's just uh, such a proud moment, um, when that happens. So it's just really cute. And yeah, like I said, yeah, you're fierce and all that stuff. I get it, but it's just cute. So the two-handed hair flick at the end of the performance videos uh, and the performances, uh, those are great. Oh, oh, and special mention there is, uh, so I also like uh, sometimes in the performance, there was one performance video where I think it was the one where she's doing the, the black leather outfit uh, and the saphir like ponytail, almost, you know, the, the like really the Beyonce ponytail or maybe Daenerys, I don't know. Um, but it's black, obviously. Uh, so at the end of that performance video, she does the, she, instead of doing the two handed hair flick, she actually does, um, like a Hulk pose with like a gradual release. Um, so like you're a bodybuilder, you have your hands up and you know, you're showing off your, your muscles and then she like releases it down and it's just really slow-mo. It's just really good. I actually like that ending scene um and i wasn't expecting it because i thought i was you know because again my favorite one of my favorites is the hair flick and i was just waiting for that hair flick and then it didn't happen i was like oh what is this what is this and it was just really good okay so i guess that's my top six <laughs> yeah if i can count here so i have a top three plus uh three honorable mentions so number one you had the clasped hands with a pivot turn on the floor and that's in the music video Number two, you had the human Twizzler go-go move, uh, where one of the dancers is holding her wrist, and that's in the performance videos. Number three, you had the slow-mo, uh, uh, pink hue squat, and I guess I'm just calling it that for lack of, uh, I don't, I don't know what y'all are calling these things, but the, in the MV. Number four was the gratuitous ass shot, and yes, that's in the MV. Uh, number five was the two-handed hair flip. Uh, again, she's working that bob, loved it. And then number six is the Hulk pose and the slow-mo release uh, from the performance video. So, but like I say all the time, I like everything. I, well, mm, well, wait, that's a lie. Uh, uh, okay, so I did not like everything in the video. Well, not in the music video. Let me say one of the performance videos. I mean, I, and I hate to say it, but it, one of the, the, the performance video I just mentioned with the black leather um, in the ponytail, that... Ooh, you know, that was not my favorite. And and where they lost me, like I loved, so don't get me wrong, Kwasa was on point. Her dancers were on point. I think it was wonderful. Um, but what lost it for me, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but it was actually the camera work. Um, it just, to me, it wasn't the best. And um, I'm sure they did it on purpose because it reflects the song, you know, because the, the, the camera was like sporadic. Uh, in that um, performance video and you could tell that it was like a steady cam and probably on a harness you know with some guys you know uh, working the camera and they were running in and out on her um, it was just to me it was just kind of hmm. and I'm I, again I'm not taking shots but it, it, just my personal preference um, but it was just kind of 
choppy it was just a lot of choppy it was not um it was an effect and and they just kept on doing it like the in and out the choppiness of it uh I thought it was a little bit overkill and you know it was just you know a little unfortunate because I you know again no problem with the choreo the styling the vibes um everything was on point but the direction and the execution of that uh performance video just kind of left a lot to be desired for me anyways uh, so again, that's my personal opinion. You can watch it for yourselves. It's the official performance video released on December the 1st on the Mamamoo official uh, YouTube channel. So check it out. See if you agree with me or disagree. And you're welcome to use the hashtag four, number, the number four uh, with sun. So the number four followed by spelling out the word with, W-I-T-H, and then the, spelling out the word sun, S-U-N. Uh, so for with sun, um, use a hashtag on Twitter and you feel free to start a conversation. I'll see though, I'll be tracking the hashtag and I'll see it and you can, uh, tell me I'm full of shit, but whatever. I didn't like that. I, it's not like I didn't like it. I, of course I've probably watched that 10 times, but it just wasn't my favorite because it, it, I really thought the camera work, it just wasn't my bag. And just a final note, uh, I liked uh, what they did with the callbacks uh, in some of the um, choreography because uh, I feel like there were call distinct callbacks to Maria and Twit. Uh, and I believe it was intentional because, you know, since the video is supposedly, you know, a continuation of Maria video and essentially, you know, telling the story but from different perspectives, um, I think they purposefully uh, made reference to some of the dance moves to show how in this realm everything is the same but twisted uh, and, and, you know, sort of like a variation on the same theme, so to speak. So there were two, to me, there were two clear examples that I saw in the choreography in terms of callbacks. So one was, um, you know, the first set of awus. <laughs> Uh, uh, she and her dancers kind of get into the V is for victory formation and that bend over, you know, the dramatic bend and then the gradual, like they bend over at the waist and then they gradually raise back up as they kind of drag their hands along their leg. I mean, that's definitely a callback to twit. That's exactly how twit starts. Um, and another big callback, um, was basically any time that she does the now signature squat and hip thrust move. So, and basically it's like one for each side. So she like squats and it's like twerk in on one side, twerk out, twerk in, twerk out, which is basically the, the Maria, uh, it was all over the Maria video. So y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Um, and I think the first instance of it is when she sings. So in the Maria video, like when the chorus comes in and she's saying, you know, the Maria, 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 da, 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 da. and she and all the dancers, they bracket, you know, their faces with, uh, like horizontal peace signs with both of their hands. And then they do the, you know, again, squat hip thrust hip thrust you know and whatever and again I might not be explaining it right but y'all know what I'm talking about because it's like the biggest part of the Maria uh, choreography and it's uh, repeated here in the I'm a bee music video so not the hand movements um, but everything from the waist down in terms of the squat and the hip thrust I mean it's all the same so, I mean, and well, actually now I'm thinking so and you know randomly but that that the circle face circle face move <laughs> I love the names of these, uh, but the circle face, circle face move that she does with her head, head tilted back, you know, isn't it the same move from the Mama Moo Mama Mama Much video? So like basically uh, toward the end of the music video and probably the performance video um, I'm in my head so for Mama Mama Much, I think they go into the chorus and they say, um, 
da 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 love uh, I like this line uh, I, don't, I don't know how to sing da, 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 da. Uh, that part <laughs> uh, I love it when I sing it and I also hate it but uh, but basically in the music video Hwasa herself does the circle face move um, uh, and, but then uh, in the performance video all the members uh, do the full head back uh, and circle face circle face you know they do that move in sync so I wonder if that was uh, just a spoiler that they kind of uh, dropped in uh, Mama uh, video as like an Easter egg uh, for Hwasa's comeback, or um, if it actually was, you know, has some greater meaning, right? Um, and at some point in the, uh, will all the solos come together, you know, almost like the Avengers? Um, at some point, will they kind of converge back into Mama Moo? like a Mamamoo storyline is for some future, you know, album release for the whole group. Um, and, you know, I would love it if these were kind of just breadcrumbs along the way, because they've done the multi-universe type of thing with Hip, right? They had like two or three um, universes. I mean, I wonder if, you know, this is, you know, through the dance moves, are they dropping breadcrumbs that will eventually come back together when they all come back together? So I know uh, Mumbul just uh, released some of her teasers. We're not going to get into it today. I'm sorry, guys, um, because, you know, I love Wasa. I'm just going to talk about Wasa this time again. <laughs> but um, don't worry, I'll tire myself out. And by the next episode, we'll talk about everybody. Um, but I did see them and they're out about it at this time that I'm recording. And you know, I wonder, I mean, I'm going to check in that choreo because it would be really interesting if uh, in her choreo, she does a callback to Mama Much uh, video. And again, it's another breadcrumb. So that would be interesting. So I'll be on the lookout for that. That's my, my working theory. We'll see if it, it, work, it pans out. So to pull it all together in terms of what I'm trying to say about these callbacks, though, um, I, I truly believe that uh, choreography in and of itself is a language. And, you know, you literally express all of your emotions, you know, through your body, right? You have, you know, this body language, body, body language. <laughs> um, and uh, as we see with Wasa, you know, what I, what I feel like she's doing. So as she's doing, you know, as she's building out her solo repertoire, right? This is her second solo um, album. You know, I feel like she. we're also seeing her build out her own dance language and, um, you know, the fact that she kept the same choreographer with Leah Kim, you know, it allows it to be seamless in that transition and to have that kind of same feel and style and vibe to it. Um, and I think, you know, and, and, you know, if Hwasa is, I mean, my understanding of it is, you know, if she's intentionally recycling dance moves from other eras and um, other dance videos or other music videos, you know, then I'm, I'm going to assume that she's using it as a shorthand, right, to kind of say the same thing as previous, um, or 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 attempt to kind of reference at least the same emotions, right, from the previous as well. So, and I think you know when it's done well, uh, which I think is the case here, um, I I think it adds to the art by adding yet another layer um, to um, you know uh, the the conversation that the artist is having with the audience, which with with us, the fans, right? Because while we're watching this and we're consuming this with these callbacks, with this shorthand language, you know, she's referencing these other emotions, these other videos. It's from the past. It's also, you know, kind of 
signaling, you know, uh, here is a, a mile marker on our journey, right? Because we, you can even see the growth that's happening but by the fact that I'm purposefully calling back from previous, you know, where we've been, right? So you, you, the fans have been on this path and this journey with me and we are now here, but wow, we'll, look at all the friends we made along the way, right? <laughs> if we could be cliched about it, right? Um, but I think it is, uh, just that is it serves a purpose to again express more uh emotion to to than just the the lyrics the song the music the 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 vibe you know the dancers she's actually you know again starting a conversation and it's a deeper connection and a deeper conversation that she's having with the audience overall so i think it's i mean again very well done and I liked, especially for this, because uh, this I'm B uh, music video, the fact that she did say that it was a continuation of Maria. And again, I think, it, you know, with the recycling of the dance moves, it's also, you know, kind of, again, speaking to that kind of funhouse mirror aspect or the, the um, you know, kind of the duality, not the duality, what's, what is the word? But it's just like, you know, you had two paths, the good and evil. And she's saying, okay, this is, you know, the envisioning of, what if Maria took a, a different path? So to me, I like the idea of, you know, the dance moves. Yes, they're, they're all the same. But if she had taken another path, those same dance moves would actually look and feel different as well. Um, and, and, and again, it would, it would feel kind of twisted or it would feel kind of inverted or um, kind of, you know, the, the, the inverse of what she was trying to say before. Almost like, you know, the mirror image or the reflection. Um, and again, it, it might be skewed a little bit as well. So beautiful, beautiful, love the choreography. And I just want to say it just, you know, to me, it serves as yet another uh, reason why I love, you know, Hwasa. And I think she's très, très cool uh, overall because, um, you know, it, it just, it, everything she does is fabulous. And uh, shout out Le Leah Kim, uh, H1, Dabin, and everybody else at One Million. You know, you, the choreography was fire. And... <laughs> Uh, real talk, you did that. So, you know, high five to everybody in the crew. And I, I, I'm going to be watching all these videos and all these performance videos over and over again um, and just getting my whole entire life. So thank you for, you know, just from an entertainment perspective. Yes, I am entertained and it's amazing. Thank you. Musical interlude, musical interlude, interlude. Dude, it's a musical interlude. Yes, that's what I said, dude. Musical interlude. Musical interlude. It's a musical interlude. And lastly, uh, we got to talk about the dance break in the uh, I'm a Bee music video. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it um, a dance break because I can't think of another word for it. Um, it because it, was, it wasn't a full-on dance break, but it had some dancing in it, and she was going hard. It was really good. I thought it was really amazing. Again, very well shot by uh, Paranoid Paradigm. Uh, it looked beautiful. 
but real talk, uh, it also kind of came out of nowhere. And I think we all had the same reaction when the music video was interrupted and we were like transported to olden times. Uh, so, which was, yes, like I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go. Cause I thought she was about to go off and she did. Um, and she, like I said, she was dancing hard in the end, um, as well. So I'm still trying to process um, what I saw. Uh, so if you're looking for meaning, I actually don't, I, I got nothing. Uh, and not nothing like there, there isn't any meaning, but I, I haven't fully uh, contemplated it yet. So I wish I could ask Apasa about this because, you know, really like what does it all mean? Uh, but to sh- help shed some light, um, I'm going to go ahead and share a note that I read in the comment section under a reaction video for the MV. So uh, if you guys aren't aware, but on YouTube, you know, there are basically a lot of reactors and, um, uh, and basically what that means is people, you go watch people watching your favorite content. So in this case, you know, I've, I've, I love the Hwasa music video. You can go on YouTube and just type in Hwasa Amabi reaction. And then you can see all the people who have essentially filmed themselves watching this video for the first time. And I find it entertaining. So, and if, if you've done commentary or a reaction for anything Mamamoo or Hwasa related, I have probably seen it cause I, I just love it. So, um, you know, uh, if you're a reactor out there, just, you know, high five and thank you <laughs> overall. Um, but there was one reactor in particular that is a dude named, um, form of therapy on YouTube. Uh, he has almost half a million subscribers and his commentaries are actually usually very good. And, uh, he did a Hwasa reaction on the December the 4th, which is, I think the Saturday, and I recommend that if you're into that kind of thing, go ahead and check it out. Um, of all the reactions he's that I've watched about this music video, he's actually the one that I think he got the majority of the themes correct on first listen. And I know he doesn't follow Wasa as much as like someone like me or others. So uh, he was kind of, you know, speaking off the, off the cuff and off the fly. And I think he, he had a lot of things that were spot on. So um, I recommend, again, is form of therapy and it's a Wasa reaction. Um, and what I liked also is the people who tend to watch his videos are actually very, very introspective and, and, um, um, uh, reasoned. So the comment section was very good to read. And, uh, so I think a lot of moomoos and twits were in the comment section. And I just wanted, I mean, the comments were very thoughtful and they were really cool. It's really cool sometimes to read through the comment section when it's really nice, you know, and people who are analyzing the word and trying to make sense of it just like I am. Uh, so it was really cool. So here's one comment from the comment section uh, below the form of therapy music video. And it was from a user named Nabanit Sarkar. So N-A-B-A-N-I-T and then Sarkar, S-A-R-K-A-R. So um, from the avatar, it's it's a woman, you know, probably from India or, or of Indian descent. Um, and here's what she had to say about the uh, dance break portion. The traditional sequence was like her, Wasa, uh, showing uh, that her strength lies in herself and she has never let go of her origin. She has embraced what people had claimed she was straying away from in that very strong way. Uh, so this user uh, mentions that it reminded her of a Tandav dance in her culture and then goes on to say, uh, the ultimate result of this dance is destruction. Hwasa, or she Hwasa, uh, had talked about a creative block she had encountered, which was destroying her from the inside. And this is a song dedicated to that feeling of self-destruction and her recovery only by becoming her true self, beat or light. 
but in the outside world, she is called a bitch. So Hwas's lyricism and artistry deserves an award in and of itself. So I, th- I like this comment. Uh, that's why I chose to read it. Um, we know that Hwasa, you know, she gets ridiculed in her society for the moves that she makes. And probably, you know, the major criticism is that she isn't aligned with uh, traditional Korean values. And this whole dance break, you know, is, is basically saying, like, don't get it twisted. I'm fully Korean. And I love my Korean her- heritage. And it is the core that allows me to be a light in the world through my music. So, you know, take that hip thrust. And, you know, you hate her, hip thrust. And uh, tutting hands and fierce face. Anyways, so, you know, shout out all the reactors, but especially form of therapy. Um, I enjoyed your reaction on YouTube. And uh, shout out the commenter. So, Namanit uh, Sarkar and others, you know, peeping that knowledge in the comment section. Thank you. It's really cool. And staying on the dance break for one more moment. Uh, If you're anything like me, you're kind of wondering what that musical instrument was that the gentleman with the long hair was playing and uh, was the main feature of the dance break section. So I looked it up, and it can either be a Korean uh, kayajum, a Chinese uh, gujang, or a Japanese kuto. Um, So there's a nice write-up on this on the website called Wayne Out there dot uh, com and then there's another one called the Gujang shop uh, also you know and there's also some Wikipedia piece pages excuse me uh, that that discusses kind of the nuances of all these instruments and, and how they're very similar uh, because they share the same kind of uh, origins and history so basically you know there there's the Korean Chinese and a Japanese um, you know forms of this uh, musical instrument that are very similar but because um, you know, they have, uh, you know, I think each culture has put their own imprint on the instrument, and now the instruments are actually different. And those differences actually lie in, in, in you know, variations like the number of strings, the materials the instruments are made of, you know, um, you know whether it's played by hand or whether you're using a pick or whether you have it in your lap. I mean, there's, there's so many different, you know, things that kind of, um, you know, are kind of indicators of, of, of where the origin comes from. So I'm inclined to say that this is simply the Korean uh, kaijum because, you know, hello, it's, it's K-pop and, you know, Was is from Korea, so duh. Um, but ultimately, I think my search result was inconclusive, um, and I'll tell you why. So um, obviously, I think the instrument was, um, you know, used in the music video, it was kind of tricked out and possibly, you know, augmented uh, just a little dramatically, you know, a little bit uh, for a dramatic effect, right? Uh, for the purpose of the music video itself. So, but to that extent, I think, you know, they they may have removed some of the strings on the instrument uh, to play it up, you know, but also to simplify it just visually and, you know, for that uh, artistic or aesthetic aspect. It was a six string instrument in the music video when traditionally these things, when I looked it up, they were like 12 strings, 18 strings, and up to 25 strings. Um, in addition, the, the strings themselves, it looked like they were made out of silk, but the dude was using a pick. And from what I read, um, you know, when you use, you use a pick when the strings are metal, uh, to help being able to, you know, physically pluck uh, the strings since the metal strings have, you know, higher uh, strength and the pick, you know, helps with kind of getting the sound out. So, or, you know, maybe the strings are like a hybrid. Maybe they actually have like that metal core, but maybe they were wrapped in silk, uh, like an outside layer of silk, um, you know, something we will never know. 
<laughs> so, and also the fact that, you know, it was standing on legs yet facing away from the player, you know, towards the camera. Um, and that was also throwing me off because everything I read, you know, also mentions that the, the way in which the musical instrument is played, you know, either whether it's in your lap or if you're kneeling in front of it, or if it has its own leg supporting it on its own. And I don't think old boy was kneeling. I, I can't remember in the top of my head, but you know, so how basically how the player engages the instrument. So kneeling or in the lap, you know, will also tell you what the instrument is. And, you know, since they kind of did neither of those, I, I can't remember, but I feel like it was neither of those. Um, so it's just basically, you know, your guess is good as mine, you know. So I'll just say it was fun to explore the, the Gaia Gym uh, instrument. And even though I couldn't find a definitive answer for myself, um, I learned something new about uh, these instruments in general. And you know what? That's enough for me. I, 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 I learned something. I'm good. It's a musical interlude. Musical interlude. Dude. <laughs> this is a musical interlude. Musical good interlude. Musical, musical interlude. We're going to the next segment. Don't stop the pod. <laughs> mm, that was funny. And next, I'm just going to share just a few additional notes, just some random miscellaneous stuff um, about the appearances and the activities uh, that Wasa did that you know made an impact for me. So uh, just circling back to the fan greeting, which was amazing. Uh, and when I tell you I was cheesing so hard the entire time. So Hwasa in that white outfit with the bunny ears, that was just adorable. Um, uh, my favorite part, of course, were, you know, being able to see the first performances from the album. Like I was just, it was just amazing. So uh, literally, you know, the joy that I felt when I was uh, watching her perform in front of the live audience, like, wasn't that tr a treat? Um, even though they were instructed, you know, not to scream or yell or even say anything because they could only clap because of the COVID re restrictions. It was so great. Um, and there was a part when, um, you know, the host, you know, asked if she was tired and she was actually, um, I think a shiver or like a sliver away from getting emotional. So, and she said that she said that, she, you know, she was trying to take it in, in the moment and enjoy it. But I, I clocked it actually before she, you know, that she, before she said something, I clocked that she was getting emotional. And, and I, I mean, I knew already cause I mean, it looks like disinterest, uh, or aloofness, uh, or even tiredness on her face, but no, that's actually her about to, you know, fucking break down and start crying. Um, so I, I saw that and then, and then the host was like, are you good? And, and you look tired. And, uh, and she's like, no, dude, I mean, she was just, she was holding on by a thin thread. Um, and again, I just, it was, I, she had worked so hard and she got to this point and now it's just this outpouring of support and fan love and she's in the moment. And then I'm sure it is overwhelming because of the journey she, that she's taken and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, good for her. Loved it. So also, uh, in that fan greeting, I love the way the event ended. So, you know, she's saying, bless you for the first time. And I already knew that this was going to be on repeat in my playlist. It's, it's such a beautiful song. And she looks so good singing it. Um, and the, the motion of it was just pitch perfect and way into kind of in the show. And I like, like, looking ahead to her global world tour, which I'm claiming it. She hasn't announced anything, but she has to go on tour. And I have to see her in, in live one day. But to me, this is like a stadium song or like a stadium anthem type of song 
where you have the crowd, you know, hold up their cell phones. It's kind of like Beyonce's XO, like it's the vibe, this is the same vibe to me. Um, and, you know, maybe not the final song in a, a future show, but maybe the second to the last song before the, you know, the house lights come up and uh, people start walking to their car. I, I think it's so good. And of course, I have to mention uh, Studio Moon Knight. So this was so good. Uh, Wasa looks so cute. I love the brown outfit that she was wearing. Um, and I love that Wasa was able to go on Moonbeal's show and, you know, have it um, be kind of a family event, so to speak, and, and with just her members. Uh, with some things that, I mean, I'm sure everybody has laughed at these, but things that stood out to me, like when Cher foot fell asleep, uh, because she was sitting cross-legged, and that was hilarious. I was, I was at home. I was die- I was rolling at that point. She was because she had to get up, so she was sitting cross-legged, and they were talking and talking. And there was a point in the interview. They were like, "Okay, we're gonna get up. You're gonna show us the dance, and you kind of you know show us your new song, and you know do a little bit of a performance here, you know, on the fly." And she's like, "Yep, I'm I'm down." And then she gets up, and like her whole it looked like her whole leg was sleep, <laughs> and. She was like, my foot's asleep, and she and I know it was painful because those things. Yeah, I could, I could just, I actually cringed a little bit because I, could, I could feel the the tinglys, you know, the the tinglys that go up and down your leg, uh, when your your foot or leg is asleep, and it, it's actually pain. You got to stop moving and let it just kind of pass, right? So she was doing that. And she's like, hold on, <laughs> my foot. <laughs> so cute, and then. Right before uh, the the she started dancing, Moonbeal asked her like, "What's the name of your dance?" And she's like, "I'm a bee." <laughs> and she answered like a kid, like, uh, "Is it not supposed? Is, is it not that? Like that's the that's the dance that goes to the music." It was just so cute. Anyways, uh, and then of course you know I love the part, and I've already you know right clicked and saved right uh, the the screen capture from when Hwasa gave not Hwasa when Moonbeal gave her the gift of the cactus. It was like a potted cactus. And uh, when Wasa started crying, like it was just so, it was adorable. So, you know, her little face just crumbled all the way up and she got that trembly lip going. And I was just wrecked. I was like, oh no, don't cry. And like Moonbeal, she did well, but she was like, are you crying? Like what? It is. So she hugged her head and it was just so cute. Loved that. I uh, loved that moment. Uh, one thing I did not like, and I'm sure a lot of Moomoo's out there did not like it either, was the uh, reference to the fact that she had four, one, two, three, four car accidents uh, during the process of making the album. And everyone, was, everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and it actually made me kind of upset uh, to hear because... You know, like I mentioned before, you know, I was I was relying on translations on Twitter while I was watching live. And uh, again, the user I was following was uh, Luna Estrelados. Uh, again, it's a Twitter account. Just again, shout out to you. And I'm so, so thankful for all of your translations. But, you know, so they were doing the translations and uh, they mentioned uh, one uh, car accident, you know, but then they came back like a few moments later and said, correction four car car accidents so I actually and that actually made me you know feel kind of sad because like you know we when we discussed the music we said you know music is her addiction and it literally drives her to insanity and you know she's really not playing with it right and her mind is all over the place and if she's driving a car which is basically operating heavy machinery um, you know, then it can actually be dangerous. So, um, you know, I saw like a Moomoo, uh, teller in an online, um, fan signing, 
um, that, you know, just as she encourages us, the fans, to put her health as number one, you know, we are setting the same rule for her. She needs to prioritize her health before, you know, us, the fans, or the music. Uh, and then, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure they, everybody got emotional and stuff. And, um, you know, I, 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 it, I tried to find the clip again. I couldn't find the user. So apologies to the Twitter user uh, who posted that. But um, thank you for sharing that um, uh, moment that you had with Wasa, you know, kind of and sharing that message to Wasa on our behalf. I appreciate it. And she absolutely needs to hear that over and over again, that to prioritize her own health before anything. Um, and at a minimum, you know, get a driver, have your manager drive you places like, come on, sheesh. Um, so because for accidents, you know, while preparing for an album, it's just like, damn, you know, baby girl, just please, you know, be careful because like literally what the fuck. Um, and um, <laughs> also just to, I don't want to end it there. But in the Moonbill, like, what I thought was also funny was, like, Kwasa didn't know what the hell was in the album either. She was like, oh, what? Because <laughs> Moonbill, she loves album, um, like, the structure of album, what's what are in the albums. You know, she takes time to look at the photocards and look at the presentation of things. Like, she's really into that, um, you know, almost like um, uh, design of physical items like she likes that process and she loves artwork and stuff like that so here she is like kind of you know uh, slowly and methodically kind of going through and doing like an unboxing a live unboxing and she's holding up stuff and she's like asking Kwasa about like oh what about this and da 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 and Wasa's like girl I don't know <laughs> I figure out she didn't know how much it cost she didn't know like what was what was one thing versus another she she's like girl and then to a point where she was like it is what it is right like if you're holding it that's what it is girl like don't ask me any questions and it was just hilarious I love that because uh, that's there goes Wasa I love it and of course I have to mention Jesse Showterview like oh my gosh <laughs> it was it was such a mess and as we all expected but it was so chaotic it was so funny it was so good uh, and if you haven't watched it please like what are you waiting for like go to YouTube search Jesse and it's J-E-S-S-I Jesse Hwasa Showterview and it's basically like a, an interview but it's a show about interviews so Showterview anyways um, and it's about 27 minutes of just pure comedy and I loved it. So, uh, just a side note, just make sure you turn on the English captions, obviously. Um, and I would just like to say, you know, Hwasa looks so good in that khaki denim and heeled boot combo. Uh, never noticed it before, but she does have perfect posture. I know like, again, my favorite choreography is the, where she's kind of sitting up straight, but I didn't think of I didn't think of her as having like perfect posture in like, you know, kind of even when she's on the road and variety shows. So she's sitting on this chair and just her, po her posture is amazing. So loved it. And she looked very comfortable. Um, and even at one point she had her right leg kind of cocked up like over the arm of the chair that she was sitting in. Um, I didn't see it until like my fifth or sixth viewing. And I've, I won't tell you how many times I've watched this thing, but, um, uh, but you, I couldn't tell her, her leg was up, um, because it was kind of like the, what she, the color of what she was wearing kind of blended in with the chair itself. And then it was also behind, like she had like a poster board on like an easel or whatever. Um, so you didn't, I didn't notice it at first, but it, she's just, she's very comfortable and she has her leg up and it's just like, whatever. And, um, and <laughs> yo, so what did I say about Jesse finding an excuse to be all up in Wasa's grill? Like, oh my gosh. So, and, and as far as I can tell, you know, like Jesse is straight, but she loves her some Wasa. So 
when it did come, you know, she did the close-up interview, and she had that handheld camera, and at one point she had straddled, or she mounted Hwasa in the chair, and I was like, yep, (laughs) her plan, her perfect plan worked uh, like a charm, so uh, I actually had to tip my cap to to Jessie, I thought it was hilarious, but I, it was, it was so chaotic. Like I said, she ended up mounting her in with this camera. It was just crazy. Um, and, but real talk, that wasn't even my favorite part. So my favorite part, and I've watched this a a million, a lot of times. Um, and, and that's a low estimate, you know, it has to be like, not a million, but you know, it has to be like 16. I've probably watched it 16, 17 times. So, but at the end of the day, I can solidly say like, here are my favorite parts. Cause now that I'm rewatching, I just track to, you know, the, and rewatch the parts that I like, uh, overall. So, um, I put some timestamps here. So when you on the, um, video at a timestamp of two minutes, 50 seconds. So when Jesse asked Wasa to introduce herself in English, and this, this clip was floating around Twitter and all social media, but it was so adorable. So Hwasa's English is cute. Uh, she's like, I'm so tall. And I love, it was just so good. Um, and it's just adorable. And then about five minutes in, uh, when Hwasa, she pulls the, her shirt off of her shoulder. She just kind of swoops it off. And 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 Jesse's like, oh, okay, uh, what was that? Well, why did you do that? And and Hwasa says, you know, it's it's concept. <laughs> I can't, I'm not doing it justice, but it was so funny. The, um, the deadpan delivery of that line, like, it's a concept girl. This is, this is, this is my look. <laughs> I, I literally laughed out loud at that part. It was so, so, so funny, uh, to me <clears throat> and it brought me joy. So, um, and then you know, uh, but I'll just say though, I, I watched, I feel like I've only watched the close-up video or the close-up, uh, segment, um, probably only twice. Like of all the viewings, I actually now, you know, when I rewatch, I kind of, I actually skip, uh, the close-up interview section because it's just, it's just, to me, it's just too cringy. Like, I mean, it's enjoyable. Like I was, it's funny. I was entertained, uh, but it's also cringy and like, I always like kind of cover my eye. Like I can't even watch it. Uh, cause it's so like, I mean, she, <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to talk about it, but yeah, it was just some parts of it were cringy and I was like, no. So I now, I mean, just me a couple, um, I skip that step and I skip over until, so I just track, track, track until it goes to the, uh, they pull out the poster board and that's around maybe eight minutes, eight, eight minutes and 10 seconds or so in. And, um, so, oh, also, j- just a side note here. So when they pull out the poster board, it's supposed to be, like, Hwasa uh, filling out um, her profile. Um, and not Hwasa herself, but they actually made the distinction of between Heijin, which is her real name, and uh, Hwasa. So they were like, hey, fill out this profile on behalf of Heijin. And um, so she's like, all right, cool. So, and we'll get to that. But uh, just a side note here, you know, I know it's, so, and this is about Jesse. So, obviously... You know, Jesse and, and Hwasa, uh, they, they know each other. They go way back. They were both, uh, in a subunit together, uh, called the Refund Sisters, you know, which is a power, again, I've talked about it before, but it's just powerhouse, you know, coming together of, you know, different four generations of K-pop superstars and, you know, just ultimate badasses. And they did a song called Don't Touch Me, which is amazing. And, um, 
so I know they know each other. I know that they've spent time with each other. They've been in practice rooms. They've, you know, shot the shit and had some downtime with each other probably as well. Um, and they've gone through it. Like, you know, when they were doing their quote unquote debut, right? Um, well, not quote unquote, I mean, it was a true debut for that group. Uh, that was at the time, you know, at the height of the pandemic and the uncertainty. So, uh, you know, they, there was, you know, one of the, they did their performances to even, you know, an empty stadium. And it was the first time that they were, you know, baking in, you know, fan cheers and, and they even cried and got emotional about it because it hadn't been done, you know, up until that point. And, and it was kind of showing, you know, like, yes, you've worked so hard, but also is all also, so they're a proud moment, but it was like bittersweet because, you know, the fans weren't there and they, they didn't get a chance to, to, you know, do it to the fullest. So, um, so there was, I mean, the, 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 uh, the show that they were on that was surrounded the kind of the behind the scenes of that refund sisters, you know, um, experience for them was really good. And so I know Jesse and Hwasa, they are, um, I wouldn't say close though. I mean, they know each other and they're friendly, uh, but I don't know if they're close friends because here's why. It's because, like, when we were watching, you know, the Jesse Schroeder view, um, and, and, and let me put a caveat in front of it because, like, uh, so I know Jesse is the host, right? So, um, and as the host, I think if you're, if you're going to be a good host, you actually have to be almost like a surrogate um, for the audience member or the audience person that's watching. So, you know, if if you're having a conversation and actually, I got this tidbit from, you know, watching Oprah over the years. And not that I, I never watch her show, but I've I've seen interview. I like watching sometimes interviews with Oprah because she's just always dropping knowledge bombs. Um, so Oprah would say, um, you know, that she would ask questions, like in her interviews, she would ask questions, uh, even if she knows the answers, you know, in order to help the person at home stay engaged and be able to follow along, right? Because you, you need to you know, uh, it is a narrative and you need to make sure that the person at home follows along in your conversation that you're having. And when you're a good interview, like it's a sign of a great interviewer is, is if you're, you know, literally asking the questions that people at home may also be wondering as well themselves. So, and I think that's why, you know, Oprah is the master interviewer. I mean, she's, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of has, uh, you know, one of the, you know, U.S., you know, premier interviewers in all of time, maybe. Uh, so that's why I kind of give a little hat tip to Jesse because I feel like low key, she is an excellent, uh, interviewer because I think she does the same thing. And, and real quick, real quick, you know, just to be clear, I'm not saying that Jesse is an Oprah. I mean, there, nobody is, I mean, there, she's not to the level of Oprah. Nobody is. I'm just saying, <laughs> and, and no shade. It's just, but the fact that I'm even comparing y'all in the same conversation, it's, it's a big deal. Cause I'm, I'm trying to give Jesse a compliment. Um, uh, but I, because I think Jesse was employing kind of that same tactic, um, in the interview. And, and here's why, because, you know, to me, um, you know, it was kind of shocking to hear, you know, Jesse say things like, oh, you know, you're left-handed. You know, when she's talking to Hwasa, she's like, oh, you're left-handed. Like Hwasa picked up a marker and was about to write on the board. And she's like, oh, you're left-handed. I'm like, okay. And I raised an eyebrow at that. And then I was like, okay. And then she was like, she said, Jesse said, oh, you know what? Just today I learned that your real name is An Jin. And, 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 and then she goes on to say, like, throughout the interview, she's like, oh, you're from Jeonju? Like, you know, the city that Hwasa is from. And I'm like, bitch, what? 
Because at first I was like, wait a minute, what? Like y'all, y'all claim you're close friends, but you don't, you don't even know, you know, that she's left-handed or her real name or where she's even from. Like what the fuck? Um, so then I was like, oh, well, let me give her the benefit. Cause, cause to me, I, I mean, if you don't know the basics and those are the basics, let's not be get it twisted. If you don't know the basics of your quote unquote friend, then you know what? Real talk, you're not friends. Like you, that is not your friend. If you don't even know that person, if you don't know that girl is left-handed, like what the fuck? <laughs> um, but I will say this, you know, on the flip side, if, if Jesse, you know, if you were doing that on behalf of the audience, right? If you were, if you were asking those questions and having those, you know, kind of, seemingly truthful, right? They they seemed spontaneous. If you, if you were having those kind of reactions just to, you know, allow the audience to, you know, discover this new person possibly, then I thought, you know, that's excellent. Then to me, that means, you know, again, high five to Jesse. That means that she's an excellent interviewer. Cause that means that, that means that she knew all that information, but she was playing the role of the interviewer. And it was very professional even to do that. Um, uh, uh, overall, you know, again, as a proxy for the audience, because, you know, I think that's, that's great. So, um, but again, you know, it, I, I had, I was concerned, you know, cause I, I, I took it at face value that they were very close. But then when I was hearing all that and I was like, you know, do, you know, how are y'all friends? <laughs> if, if you don't know this bit is, uh, is left-handed and, and, or her real name, like you like, Oh, I just found out your real name today. Like what the, what? <laughs> even know the girl's name um but but maybe that happens you know because I know I mean I have a story that I usually tell like you know one of my best friends uh and and we knew each other very well but he we he graduated and then I went you know how you go to like somebody's house after the graduation and you're and I was interested so I knew him you know college him but when you go to his family and he's surrounded by his family they were literally calling him a different name. I was like, who the fuck is this? You know, like, cause you know, I, I'm just making up a name cause I'm not going to give his real name, but let's say his name is like, uh, Sam. And, you know, but when he gets around his family, he's like TikTok. <laughs> you're like, and then you, you know, I'm, I made eye, eyeballs with my friend. I was like, TikTok, real? Oh, really? You know? So it's like, I was learning more about him because I was around his family. Um, and, and, you know, you start to get the, the additional layers to a person. You got to, you start to learn more about them. Right. Uh, cause this is them in like their natural habitat. And I've always experienced them in, you know, away from home and away from this or whatever. So I know there is room for, you know, discovering things about people you are close with. So again, I'm trying to give Jesse a lot of grace and I'm not coming for her or whatever. Um, I think, uh, so, so let me back up a little bit. So even if, she was learning that stuff new. I, I, it raises a flag for me, but it, maybe it's not as awful as what I was was thinking. But again, if she, uh, uh, but also, you know, I'm giving her her props because if she is, if she did it on purpose, then again, you know, brava because that's master. It's on your way to be a master interviewer because you you are taking on that responsibility on behalf of the audience to make sure that they, you know, they get to know your, your, um, your guest. Right. So I thought it was, so, you know, I don't know what to think, actually. I'm I'm going to give her grace and I'm going to assume that they, yes, you know, they are what they say they are, but you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> um, you know, maybe Jesse gets Hwasa, right. And, and she clearly she doesn't get 
uh, on Heijin, which is interesting because, you know, I don't even know on Heijin or Wasa, but I know all of that stuff. <laughs> So, or, or let me put it that way. Maybe Jesse's uh, a friend, but not a fan. Because I think fans know, right? Like all the, they know, you know, when she goes to sleep, right? Uh, all that kinds of stuff. Or when she doesn't sleep, because she, she's kind of an insomniac, but whatever. Um, anyways, so I thought that was interesting. And, um, you know, raise an eyebrow, but it was entertaining. And I did enjoy it. And I thought it was hilarious. So I loved, I loved that uh, poster board kind of profile, uh, the whole, all of that. I watched that entire thing over and over again, because I liked every moment of that um, overall. And within that, the, the three words, so the, it was like, <laughs> the, the funniest part of it was around nine minutes and 30 seconds in when uh, Hwasa is um, uh, tasked with, uh, giving, um, three key words that, uh, describe herself. And this is my absolute, so of the whole thing, this is my absolute favorite moment. And again, they had clips of this circling around all the social media, but it was so good because, you know, it is so true. Um, because, you know, Hwasa, she's so deep for like no fucking reason. And, and that's why we love her. Right. Um, but so, but she's on a variety show. She's on a she's a, a guest on a show, and these shows are are supposed to only really be about fifteen twenty minutes. But they went long. Uh, you could tell just they go long for the the artists. Um, what sometimes is if it's like a big group, they tend to go long because they want to make sure they talk to everybody. But if it's just a one person and they go longer than let's say fifteen twenty minutes, then that means you know it, they're very important overall. So she went long anyways, but it's a short format show. And so Wasa, so Jesse was getting, I mean, she was playing it up, but she was getting, um, you know, uh, 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 visibly like, you know, keep this, let's keep this moving. Let's keep this going along. She was just getting <laughs> kind of frazzled and she was like, oh my gosh. So Jesse asked her for, uh, to provide three key words to describe herself and then, uh, Heijin, she took it so seriously. So she was like, you know, this has been my busy, biggest task for me in my life, <laughs> you know, to figure out who is the real Aunt Heijin. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was so, and so Hwasa was so serious and it was just so, it was already hilarious just how serious she was getting. And then there was like a magic flute in the background as she was talking, you know, and contemplating herself. And, and it was just so, you know, just like peaceful. And then here comes Jessie. She's saying, ah, shit, here we go again. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing. But um, <laughs> but then there's a, a record scratch. And then there's like backwoods country music that, you know, cue that comes in. And it's, it's just so spot on about how like the whole vibe got busted up by Jessie. Um, and it's just fucking hilarious. Like just, I mean, I've watched that particular part at least 50, 60 times because, you know, and I, and I loved the staff reaction. Like everybody just busts out laughing and, and including Hwasa herself and Jesse. And, and I, I loved, you know, Hwasa's reaction to hide herself. Like she pulls up the board and she's like laughing and she's just hiding because she knows, she, she knows that she just took it there and for no reason. And, um, and another quick note, I just want to say. I mean, and I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I hope it comes through, but um, I also want to say that just a quick note about the editing. So I've never, uh, as much as I've watched uh, Jesse's show to review, um, you know, I've never watched an ep a, a single episode so many times. So I, to, to the point where I can pick up on 
whether the editing was good, right? Um, so I just want to have a quick note about the editing um, and just say that it was great. So, um, you know, because because I have watched it like a million times, um, I've started to notice um, the jump cuts and that where the actual edits are. Uh, and it was so seamless. You don't notice it at first, right? Or at least I didn't. And even the translations are very good. So, you know, I got the subtitles on and, uh, you know, they trans, the way they translate, it, it's in a way, and actually I would say, um, Mumu subs on YouTube, they translate this way as well. Like they actually add context. So they do this flat, the straight up translation. Um, but then they provide like the cultural context of like what that translation means. Like if it was a poem or if it was like a, an old proverb, you know, they'll put the definition up at the top and they'll actually, they will, it's actually very informative and it's like a teachable moment for people who are new to the culture. These, you know, and, and somebody like me, um, just kind of learning and, and not knowing, you know, maybe the full context of why something is funny, um, or, or why something was bad or whatever. So, um, I have to give props to the, the editing team at Jesse Shoderview as well, because, you know, the way they translate, it actually does give, you know, that background information, you know, for folks who aren't familiar, um, uh, with the, the Korean culture and, and even like just the slang. Um, and, um, you know, like even, even simple things like, the, for example, in Jesse Shoderview, they explain, you know, t there's like a TMI section. And, uh, you know, too much information. So they, they just define that term. And again, that's so simple. But to me, I appreciate that because, you know, uh, just, you know, when I'm as I'm consuming more and more uh, South Korean content, you know, not a, not a, you can even tell like, you know, yeah, the trans not, the translation is OK, but you could tell that you're still lost. Right. Because, you know, you're outside of everything. So you can I really grow to appreciate when the translation gives you more than just a straight up translation, it actually does, you know, try to give you context and stuff like that. Um, and, and I also liked when they did the translation. So, you know, Jessie, she's a, a, a native English speaker, but she spent a lot of time in both Korea and the U.S. Uh, so her Korean, uh, even though she's obviously fluent, but isn't the best, right? So she, even in previous episodes, people like to give her, you know, uh, uh, gentle ribbing about, you know, um, how good or her bad her, her pronunciations are. And she does, some things don't translate for her. And she has to get, you know, other explanations from like her co-host and all other stuff. Um, so, but in the translations, even when she uh, garbles up a word in in, in Korean, they will translate it in English with the garbledness in it. So like, for example, you know, if I, if I say, you know, uh, orange juice, if she's in Korean, if she's saying orange juice, but she pronounces it like orange juice, they will do the English translation of orange juice to let you know that she didn't even pronounce it, pronounce it correctly, which is so funny. And it, I mean, it's all, it's very meta <laughs> when you uh, are watching a show and you got the the subtitles on and I, I really, and that's even the, the meta-ness of it is entertaining as well. So I mean, shout out the show and the editors cause they, they do um, uh, uh, very well. And I also want to give them props. So, I mean, I believe that cause this was Hwasa's first um, um, schedule interview as a part of her PR for this I'm a B and I know they taped it a few weeks ago, but or a few few weeks before the video dropped. Um, so it really was her first, first, first time, even just opening up and probably talking about 
um, everything, you know, related to, um, you know, um, the, uh, her process and, and it was very, and we know we've already talked about it. It was very, very emotional for her and she did have a hard time. She had the four car ac- accidents and stuff like that. So this is her first, imagine that first time talking about it is everything's, it's just, it's everything's fresh and just tender. And, and it's like that wound is just opening up. So I believe truly, um, that she, Wasa got emotional at different points in the show, and um, and but the editing you wouldn't know it because I think they edited it with a little bit of gentleness and compassion on behalf of Wasa, um, because you can see that it, I mean some of the, even uh, Jesse's comments about Wasa being strong and things like that. I feel like it it was Jesse probably reacting to maybe an emotional moment that Hwasa had that again, that we don't see that was probably cut out. Um, and then, you know, and she was just trying to buck her up and, and, and actually, you know, get her to, to think positively about, you know, all the great work that she's doing, you know? So again, you know, I think, um, you know, cause, and, and I think there is like one or two points where they actually did some abrupt jump cuts. And I think it was, you know, um, you know, maybe around like Hwasa talking about, you know, her needing to be a bitch to, in order to survive. I can imagine how emotional it would have gotten. And, um, just cause we know, we all know and love Hwasa because she's just like a, um, you know, a big heart <laughs> on her sleeve. Right. And, uh, she's, again, you have to treat her with tenderness cause she is probably going to cry at any moment. And you could see even in her eyes, Again, we don't see full tears, but we do see her eyes kind of water up a little bit and then it'll jump cut and then it'll say something else. And um, so you could see, I've, anyways, I, the more you watch it, the more I think the jump cuts become more apparent. And then it makes you wonder what, what was cut out and was it, was it cut out just for length purposes and just to make a, you know, concise product or was it cut out because maybe she got emotional and they are trying to protect her a little bit. I think it might've been a little bit of both. And I really appreciate that because, you know, again, uh, I know I maybe have questioned it at the beginning of this conversation, but I feel like if that was the case, then, you know, that is what a friend would do, right? A friend would protect you. And I think then, then if that is the case, then, you know, again, kudos to Jesse, not only are you doing good interviewing, but you're also protecting your friend. So I wanted to say, you know, that I think that's really cool and shout out to Jesse. And last but not least, uh, I definitely have to mention, you know, one of another, one of my favorite parts was the actual, you know, preview of the, uh, that she gave of the I'm a bee, uh, dance choreography and the song, right? Um, so, you know, uh, on the show, I mean, she's there. That's what she, why she was there. She was there to promote the song and the album. Uh, they give her, you know, uh, she, she takes center stage. She takes the floor, you know, there's nobody behind her, no background dancers. And she's just in her, you know, khaki denim and, and her nice bob. And she just turns it on. And it's just, it is just amazing. Like it really, you know, it's just, it's, I can't even explain it with words, but it's, it's very impressive. Uh, I'll just use that one. It's very impressive to see just that light. Just, I mean, Hwasa on a dime, she just flips a switch and she is on. And, and it's not just, you know, Anhejin or even Hwasa. It's, it's, it's Hwasa, you know, the queen has arrived, right? And, um, you know, immediately, so it's just a teaser of the choreo. Immediately after it's done, I, I don't know, whatever, 30 seconds, I, like I said, uh, Jesse pops into the frame and she's, you know, just, you could tell again, Jesse is a fan of Fwasa. Um, and, 
you know, she jumps in and she starts, she's just motioning to her face. She's like, you know what, when it comes to this and she's motioning to her face, um, you know, when it comes to face, no one out, I mean, no, like Kwasa is unbeatable. Basically. She's like, no one does it better. And what she's saying is it, that it factor, the charisma, you know, like when Kwasa turns it on and she just looks at you, it's not even uh, staring. Like she just looks your direction. And if she's in go mode, you, it's like a command even like you will watch me and, and you will be entertained basically. And it's, it's like, you know, the whole audience gets mesmerized. Like she has that high level of charisma just in her fate. I mean, it's just amazing. So, and, and Jesse, you know, you, it was not wrong at all. Like Jesse is speaking the truth. Like when it comes to face and, and the magnetic gaze, no one can touch Kwasa. Like that's, that's literally, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's just inherent in who she is. She's nobody, you can't train that, right. And, you know, you can't get that it factor. Kwasa has the it factor. And that's why I think she should be more popular than what she is right now today. And that's why I started this fucking podcast, because I want her and the members to get, you know, they have so much talent. I mean, she could just fucking stand there and look at your ass and you're like, wow. And I want more people to have that experience because it is a, it is an experience and it's amazing to see. And then once you get into it and you get to know them and you get to know their personalities and you get to know Hwasa specifically, you know, they, they, not only are they talented, they're actually good people. And it's just, you, it just makes you want to root for them. And it makes you want to, you know, start your own podcast and, and just really want to amplify, you know, the, the, how, how special they are. So, you know, so in this, in that clip, in the Jesse Schroeder view, it's just like exhibit, you know, 2050 million, you know, times infinity of why Hwasa is special. And you see it literally just in 30 seconds. That's all she needs. You know, she, you, you, hopefully if there are new people who are watching her, if, if, if somebody was watching that and had, had no idea who she was and it was their first experience of her, that I hope was enough to have them, you know, do a Google search go into YouTube and just go into her back, you know, her backlog, her discography, and just explore and discover more about this, you know, again, mesmerizing artist um, that, you know, again, is just special. So, so long story short, you know, I just want to say, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, it's a prevailing theme throughout every uh, uh, one of these podcast episodes that I just like everything. And even if I don't like it, um, I still like it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but I, I loved Jesse's show review. I love that, uh, you know, it was a welcoming space for Hwasa to go on. It was her first kind of t- uh, tour stop along her kind of PR, uh, making the rounds. And, um, you know, it just started off with a bang. And I think it was just really, you know, fun. It was enjoyable, you know, just as, again, I watched Jesse's show review a lot. It was just entertaining and I really enjoyed it overall. Um, and I, I loved it was really cool to hear Hwasa laugh, uh, and cause I love her, her, I love her speaking voice. I love her laugh. I mean, it's just everything about her. I was just very pleased to see that she was having a good time, of course, you know, cause I just want her to have fun. You know, she, she should be having fun with all of this and, you know, because it is what she does. She obviously has a passion for it. So have some fun, right? Um, so in this show interview, she looked like she was having fun and it was just very refreshing to see. I was very pleased uh, and thankful to Jesse because, you know, Jesse brought, brings that out of people, brought that out of Je- of Hwasa. And, um, and I think it was, it was kind of that perfect way to, to kind of lift the seal 
on the, the Comeback PR run and, um, you know, by going to that uh, show to review first. So I think it was a good choice on behalf of Hwasa to, to go there. This is a point in time where I should probably stop talking. <laughs> Woo, I have talked and talked and talked. And if you've made it this far, I just want to say thank you. Um, and hopefully it was enjoyable to you and you were entertained. Um, I, I'm sure there is more. Like, I, you know, it's like one of those things like, what can you talk about, you know, for a whole 24 hours without any notes, right? Um, I had a few notes, but I can talk about Hwasa for a long time. So I'm just going to end it there. I mean, obviously, there is more I can say about every little thing, um, but I'm just going to stop it there. And again, I, I, I mean, I, I, I was glad to see Hwasa have fun. I just want to say I had fun, you know, just watching everything. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in life. There's a lot going on. It was just fun to be able to experience and just hang out and just, you know, again, consume some new content from one of my favorite artists, Hwasa. And I truly enjoyed it. You know, um, I enjoyed all the content. I enjoyed learning more about, um, you know, every little thing. Like, again, I was looking up, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, nylon versus metal strings on, you know, wooden, wooden instruments, right? Like, I mean, just to, I like, I'm curious about everything. It was just really fun to learn as well. And, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll wrap this all up and just say, you know, Hwasa, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! You did good. I, I'm proud of you. And um, please be proud of yourself because, you know, the comeback was banging. And, uh, you know, sarangue. Um, uh, and everyone who's listening, again, as always, you know, thank you for listening to this episode of the Four with a Sun Mama Moo podcast. Um, I'll be back in your feed uh, very soon uh, with more content related to the girls, you know, Mama Moo, including Solar, Moonbule, and also Hwasa and everything OT4. Um, so I'll end it there. And again, until next time, please be easy. <laughs> <laughs>